Miguel Andujar has been optioned down. We break down the latest Yankees roster decisions and what impact the moves will make. We look back at the doubleheader split against the Phillies, concerns with starting pitching, and look ahead to the weekend series against the Rays. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, a New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, former Yankee and four-time World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter, at Chris Sheeran. Yes is my handle, and Nelly is at NYNelly43. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you use Apple, please give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. No guests today, but let's get to the Yankee headlines with Jake Brown, our producer. All right, the Yankee headlines in the paper today, guys. First off, breaking news into the newsroom is Miguel Andujar, Tyro Estrada, and your son, Nelly, Nick Nelson, <laughs> has been sent down or optioned to the alternate training site, as they call it in these COVID times. Uh, first off with you, Sheehan, what are your thoughts? Andujar, a little surprising that he gets optioned, but what are your thoughts on these roster moves? I, I don't think maybe a little shocking because he, he came in second for the uh, rookie of the year a couple of years back before he got injured. But you have to look at this, the big picture here. He's one for his first 14. It's hard to get him at bats because Gio Urshela is playing well, not only at third base, but he's also doing well in the batter's box as well. And you got a guy like Mike Talkman too who's going to be your fill-in left fielder. It's just going to be hard for Andujar to, to crack the lineup being one for 14, Nelly, and and with all with these two other guys playing so well right now. Yeah, I agree. He, you know, he pretty much missed all of last year, and he needs consistent at-bats. You can see it. He needs to be in the lineup every single day. He is a really good player, really good hitter. Uh, he's just not comfortable in the outfield. Uh, he doesn't look great. And the corner spots in the outfield are always tough anyway. For some reason at Yankee Stadium, it just seems that you really need to have some experience when you're playing left or right field. And and he needs to go down. And it, it'd be interesting to see what the Yankees are going to do with him, though. Uh, you know, like you said, Urshel is going to be around, I think, for a long time. I'd like to see the, the Yankees lock this guy up somehow. Uh, you have LeMahieu. I know he's a free agent at the end of the year. I'd like to see the Yankees lock him up. Void is hitting the ball. Torres is playing shortstop. So there's no no fit for Andujar in the infield. And in the outfield, you just mentioned Talkman. Talkman should be playing every day. Right. Uh, you'll lose Gardner. You're going to lose Gardner at the end of the year unless you sign him back, but, uh, you know, bring him back. But you, ha- you just don't have a spot for him. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if the Yankees go and say, okay, we're going to put you back in the infield. Get ready for a trade situation. Situation, maybe and go get a starting pitcher and when uh, when it comes time for the trade deadline. Will you be putting your son Nick Nelson up for adoption after his struggles on Wednesday? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, if he was my son, he wouldn't be giving up seven runs. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I might have disowned him. You know, he's, he's put a bad name to the Nelson name, but no, you know, he had such a great, he's got great stuff. And this is the thing about adversity with, with baseball and how quick, you know, you can be high in the big leagues and you can come off of a high, get your first win and dominate. And the next thing you know, you give up six Ernie's 
and you're basically left out of there, left out there, and say, "Hey, hang with them, son, because we need you to uh, eat up some innings." So the tough break, uh, you know, his control wasn't there, slider wasn't there. Yes, yeah, so the 95-96 was there, but it just uh, was out over the middle of the plate. You saw Real Muto jump him for that uh, home run on the inside part of the plate. So you know, go down, get get some uh, get some experience, and he's got a great arm. Did I hear you drop Ernie's? I think that's the first time I've ever heard earn runs referred to as Ernie's, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I love that. I'm gonna use that yeah yeah it's an ernie man you, you can't uh can't be six ernies yeah, that's, that's not good <laughs> you go down there and work on that stuff all right guys next up in yankee headlines sticking with the roster front earl de chapman's gonna take one of these roster spots when he's ready here in the coming days but should clint frazier be on the big league team and do you see a role for him i think he should get a look jake i really do he's put in the work uh he worked very hard in the offseason he worked very hard in spring training and let's not forget with all the injuries the Yankees were dealing with at the outset of the spring training 1.0 with Aaron Judge dealing with his rib injury, with Giancarlo Stanton with his calf injury. Clint Frazier was looking at getting a lot of playing time in the outfield, an everyday outfielder for this New York Yankee team. We fast forward to the COVID pandemic in in this weird season of 2020, the 60-game season, and he kind of got taken by, surprised by this, and he, he didn't even make the club when they originally came to the Bronx to start playing real baseball or went down to Washington, D.C. with that opening series with the Nationals. I think he should get a look based on the hard work he put in. I want to see what he can bring to the table defensively, see if he's improved there. And we all know, Nelly, what he could do with his bat. So he definitely deserves a look. Uh, well, I, I think I would love to see him in the big leagues. I just don't see where he fits. Uh, you know, I don't know if he does. Yeah, he's worked hard. He's just had some really bad luck as far as trying to crack this big league club. Uh, with Talkman hitting the ball the way he has, you're bringing up another right-handed hitter in Clint Frazier. You're already right-handed dominant. You have Gardner from the left side. You have Hicks as switch hits. You have Aaron Judge. You have uh, Stanton, which Stanton will probably never go in the outfield for the whole season. So I don't really know where he fits in as far as a spot. He's coming up here and he's probably going to sit. Um, I would say he'd be a trade chip as well, but then you might want to hold on to him just in case you have some guys out there that have injury problems problems. You have Judge. You hope that he stays on the field. What happens if he doesn't? You have Hicks. You have some guys that could go on the IL, and and Frazier's one of those guys that's a great fallback. He's just had some rotten luck as far as trying to crack this roster. And we know Clint Frazier will have no problems with the new rule MLB has put in place that you have to wear a mask no matter your coach, player, wherever you are, except if you're on the field. So Clint Frazier has been the masked man, the masked singer, the masked outfielder for the Yankees. Uh, Next up in the Yankee headlines, guys, Tommy Canely. Unfortunately, Tommy John surgery. Are you concerned with the Yankees pen without him? Um, Not right now, Jake, but if another injury does occur to their big names out there, yes, then I would be concerned. But right now, you still have Zach Britton. You have Aroldis Chapman coming back into the fold. He might be taking up the empty roster spot. We don't know. We haven't heard yet. You still have Britton. You still have Green. Also, Jonathan Holder has stepped up and uh, Adam Adovino, of course. So, Nelly, I just think this bullpen is still in a good situation, even without Tommy Canely out there. And you're going to have the taxi squad with all these young power arms that could supplement for him. But at the same time with him being out, I just don't think there's any kind of hiccup with this bullpen. I still think it's very solid, but if there's another injury, then I think you'd have to start to worry. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the best pins in the, in baseball. And it's probably besides offensive offensively, I think it's their strength, one of their strengths. And I, I don't see the 
missing a beat. Uh, you're going to get Chapman back, and you know Britain's going to slide back in that eighth inning out of Eno. I, I really don't. I don't really don't see. It's just unfortunate that Kane Lee had to have Tommy John. Maybe it was part of this start up, sit down, start up, sit down scenario, and it's been really tough. We've seen a lot of injuries throughout baseball, and it's just unfortunate that Kane Lee was one of them. All right, guys. Last but not least, Yankee headlines in the paper: seven inning games, seven inning double headers, like we saw, where an eighth inning could be considered extra innings. Quite bizarre. I personally hate it. But Sheeran, starting with you, do you like these seven inning doubleheaders? Well, when I first saw Kenny Davidoff's column today, I kind of raised my eyebrow and said, no way, no way can baseball go to seven innings. And then I started reading and I got through the column and he brought up some interesting points. He said all doubleheaders should be seven innings moving forward from now. And then by 2022, all games should be seven innings. And if it goes to extra innings, you have the eighth and the ninth straight up and then the runner on second rule taking effect in the 10th. But he did add this amendment and this is why he kind of got me thinking in the postseason you stick with the traditional nine inning games for me though the runner on second can never be used in the postseason that would just completely and totally take baseball off the rails if we saw that happened with a world series championship on the line and also the reason why i sided with kenny on this as well is because he uh brought up something about mary and uh, the scene with Harlan Williams, the stand-up comic who was the serial killer in that, the seven-minute abs. Seven is the key number here. <laughs> and, and when somebody invokes something about Mary or one of the, the movies I love uh, from growing up, and, and, and the last line really hit me. Kenny said, wouldn't it make far more sense to leave folks wanting more for instead of begging for less? But Nelly, you know, when you talk about TV contracts and commercial time, I just don't think or I don't know how this would work. I hate it all, you know, so guy on second, the seven inning uh, double headers. I mean, if you're a broadcaster, you absolutely love it. I mean, what time would well, the Yankees started at four and I think they ended at nine 30 and played 14 innings. So, you know, and you had a, you had a slug fest in game one. So uh, obviously you're speeding up the game and everyone, but I think the players like that, because I mean, if you look at yesterday's game one, you're playing seven innings. Hey, the Yankees started coming back. It was 10 to seven who were 11 to seven. Who knows what would have happened in those last couple innings? Cause the Phillies bullpen is not that strong and you have an offense with the Yankees that were clicking and, and coming back and making a surge and the next thing you know oh you know what we ran out of time but you're right you know it will never it'll never work because of concessions you have a lot of money as far as advertising that the, that teams would lose it's a good thought but I, I don't see it ever happening and it would also maybe mean that Jeff Nelson would have been unemployed as a pitcher because of <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Too. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great for today because these pitchers, all they go is five innings and, you know, then they can five and dive all they want. And then you have two more innings and you're done. So, you know, and then teams could carry less pitchers. You wouldn't have to carry 13 or 14 guys. All right. 13 guys. I, I have to say this. I've just added two things to my baseball vernacular and my pitching vernacular Ernie's and five and dive. Those are be, those are going to be hash tagged all over <laughs> Facebook and Twitter today. Well, I'm going to go have some boozy Arnie's, some Arnold Palmer's. You get your Arnie's, and you mentioned serial killer, Brian Bowringer. Later on, you'll talk poop, so we'll fill both criteria of the pinstripe pot uh, with poop and serial killer, but let me hand it off to Chris Sheeran and Jeff Nelson to take over the show.
Yankees took two of the first three against the Philadelphia Phillies. They play the last game of that series as we tape this podcast on Thursday. Nelly, I, I hate to bring it back around, and I hate to say you were right, but the starting pitching does continue to be a concern for the Yankees. I know they've taken the first two of three, but you have Jay Happ, uh, who went out there, and along with James Paxton, those are two major starters in your rotation who have come out in their first two starts of the season, and it's basically not what you want. No, it's not what you want. And, you know, I saw a stat yesterday, this was before the second game, that Garrett Cole has his ERA in the twos and everybody else in the starting rotations is six or more uh, combined. So, you know, it is alarming. You know, you hope that Tanaka, when he comes back, he had that one start that he starts to improve. His arm strength start getting, starts to get better. Uh, he's always been solid in the playoffs. So you, hopefully that he stays healthy, healthy and then he can be one of those guys. But for Hap, you know, I was watching the game and it, it was just really alarming that he, he was almost afraid to throw the ball over the plate. You know, he wasn't getting that call from Angel Hernandez. And if you go on that strike, that little box that they put up on the TV, you know, it was three, four inches outside, especially to all the righties. And he was just constantly hitting that spot. He wasn't getting it called. Even his breaking ball, it, it just, and these were all big hitters. And then you saw some of the guys in the bottom of the lineup, then he would challenge guys. So to me, it's, it's like he's afraid to throw the ball over the plate. And, you know, he's really getting hurt when he has to come over the plate because his stuff is not that great. Or, or he doesn't throw that hard to be able to get it by guys. Talk on this for a second, too, because Phil Nevin was tossed after he argued balls and strikes with Angel Hernandez. That was early on in the game. In your experiences, Jeff, does that have any effect on how an umpire may or may not call the game after that? Well, if your name is Angel Hernandez, it does, because he seems like he wants to bury everyone because everybody buries him. He's just not a good umpire. Uh, it's a shame that these guys don't get graded a little bit more closely or strictly and and you know have a chance of hey if you're if you're not doing well they should be sent down i mean i don't understand how the umpire crew or these umpires they get rated but they still have a job and you know he he starts complaining about oh i'm not getting postseason and all this other stuff he got demoted from being a crew chief and he just so happened has to be a crew chief now because there's some umpires that opted out but he's the type of umpire that he will hold a grudge against some some team or some person if you you know show him up in a way that make that embarrasses him and and you have it in the first inning and you know it may affect the j-hap's strikes in that outside part of the plate because he was constantly hitting it it wasn't like uh you, you know he would throw a couple over the middle of the plate get those called and then go out and miss outside i mean he was constantly on the outside part of the plate to right-handed hitters and he just wasn't getting that call now there weren't strikes but you never know i mean if nevin didn't say something in the first inning maybe you do get that call but he's the type of umpire that, that if, if you if you show him up um if you do something then he will uh, he will pay you back you know I, I did uh this was when I was playing we were playing the Marlins and he uh I, I the day before I pitched and he was behind the plate and you know I didn't like a couple strikes and I let him know all of a sudden he goes to third base and and all of a sudden I was doing something on the mound and one of my runners was on third and he called a balk on me and, and it wasn't a balk but he <laughs> he did he, he, did that because I freaking yelled at him the day before. So, well, you know, that, he's a type of umpire. Some will do, but he's a type of umpire that'll give you paybacks. You just, you rushed a bit because I looked it up. You had five appearances uh, with him uh, behind the plate. So yeah. this is obviously an appearance with him at third base and this happened to you. So yeah, I guess it does affect it. And uh, Nevin did get tossed after that inside strike call to Ford in the first inning. Uh, but let's go back to the starters here because you said it was going to be a concern before the season started. And besides Garrett Cole, 
the consistency in the rotation just hasn't been there. Jordan Montgomery had a good first outing. Uh, he didn't have his best stuff, but it, it was good enough. He threw 81 pitches and, and got the win. His first since 2018 in Tommy John surgery should be around 95 pitches tonight, according to Dan Martin of the Post. Uh, so we'll see if he can continue to be consistent, but we just don't know. There's so many question marks here. You brought up Tanaka. Now, Tanaka had some more velocity on his pitches, but is that because, and I asked him after the game, you know, is that because you had, uh, you knew you were on a pitch count? And he, he actually admitted he knew he was just empty in the tank. So we don't know where Tanaka really is going to be yet, but we know based on his track record, Nelly, that he is a consistent starter for this New York Yankee team, especially in the postseason. So if you want to break it down, it's Cole and Tanaka. Where will Montgomery be in the area of consistency? But Hap and Paxton, especially Paxton, he was working with Matt Blake yesterday. He's trying to quote unquote stand taller on the mound. And it's it's definitely mechanically, and we and we talked about it on Monday about Aaron Boone saying they have to mechanically unlock Paxton. It, it has to happen soon. This season is short, and this is a free agent year for him. I think the Yankees' success in the playoffs in the postseason season when we eventually get there is going to be Paxton. He's the X factor. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would say yes. You know, I, I think, you know, you talk about locking up. I, I look at his arm and, and you know, he, it's it's straight. It really is not a whole lot of bend there in, in that elbow. It, like I said, it's almost like a catapult when you you go back and all of a sudden you're flipping it. Uh, the, the velocity's not there. Uh, maybe he is feeling something in the back or he's trying to do something to compensate so he doesn't feel anything in the back, but he's a key member and he's got to know that. I mean, he's got a great arm. This guy throws 96 97 miles an hour with a nasty slider and you just haven't seen that you haven't seen that consistency and he's such a great kid too that uh, you know you need him he's a, the one-two punch of Cole and Paxton you know might be unlike anybody else in in baseball but Paxton's not there and now all of a sudden if Jordan Montgomery continues he elevates himself to maybe either two or three starter going forward because it isn't you know they played 11 games uh, so we were nothing's early anymore and but they will get to the Yankees will get to the playoffs and they're going to face better pitch Pitching. They're going to face teams that have really good starting pitching and good bullpens, and they're going to be able to shut down some of this lineup. And it's going to be it's going to be up to the starters to try to match that other side. Excellent job by you, because that's where I was going next. Uh, the starters are a concern, and they're what concerns me also going forward and into the postseason. I know I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I'm after 11 games. I'm talking about the postseason already, but let's be honest: the Yankees look like the one of the top contenders in the American League. You have the Twins at 10 and 2 right now as we tape this. And uh, the Cubs at 10 and 2 in the National League with the best records in baseball. And the Yankees a half game behind them at 9 and 2. But this opener, it works during the regular season, Jeff. But we saw uh, what happened in the series against the Houston Astros last year. And we heard Zach Britton's comments at his locker after that game six loss. And the problem in a series like that overexposing your bullpen, no matter how good they are, they do get overexposed. Now, your bullpens in the 90s really didn't get overexposed because you had the starting pitching. And, and, and you know, you guys were those bullets in the chamber that Joe Torre could go to. And he knew that those bullets were not blanks. They were going to work. But when you get overexposed like that in a series, over a series, that has to have some effect. Well, I'm going to contradict that because then I'm, I'm not going to agree with, with Zach Britton as far as getting overexposed. I, I think it's more, and I'll explain, I think it's more 
more when you have when you're going for a bullpen. Just for instance, what do they have? Five, six pitchers yesterday. Yeah, yeah, six, five guys throw yesterday. Uh, you're asking you're asking every single one of those guys to be perfect, and the odds that five guys or six guys coming out of the bullpen being perfect are, are, are the odds are not great. Uh, when you have a starter that's going to give you six or seven, you can piece together the last couple innings with two or three relievers, and you'll have success. And, and you know, in my day, that's that's what we did. We had success. We were you know we our starters gave us six or seven most all the time and you know four relievers or whatever had to piece together uh you know nine outs or six outs uh really sometimes just three outs because all we had to do was get it to mariano rivera and then it was done anyway so the thing that when britain said overexposure, when you're in the playoffs and even going into a series and it doesn't happen very much anymore i mean if i'm going into a series and i already know that 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 hitter just say uh if it's a juan gonzalez or or a pudge rodriguez and when we played texas i know i probably had him every single day if there's going to be a key situation so if i'm if it's overexposed i'm getting overexposed all three days but you have to adjust i mean you you know how to get guys out sometimes you can't get them out the same way you know that's why i think analytics hurts in the playoffs because they're teaching you how to be a robot and they're teaching you how to say okay this is the only way to get these guys out so they take that into the playoffs so the overexposure is the pitchers are trying to get the same hitter out the same way every single day and that doesn't work i mean if you look at Chad Green, everybody knows what he throws. When he goes into the playoffs, he's facing the same guys. Okay, the first day, he'll be great. That second day, he's trying to get that same hitter out the same way. And it does not work. You know, if I face Frank Thomas, we go into a Chicago series and play in four games. I'm facing him all four days. I already know that. And if he doesn't adjust to me, then I'm going to get him out the same way. But if he does, I'm going to have to try to figure out how to get him out a different way. And then all of a sudden, then you get him out another way the next day. So it's not overexposure. It's throwing those analytics out and stop being a robot and realize that, hey, I can't get these guys out the same way. And that's what they're doing. And for Zach Britton saying, oh, we're getting overexposed, I think it's wrong. That's an interesting point. Uh, One I've never heard before and one I'll take into consideration, but that did kind of raise my eyebrow when he said that. So that's a good clarity from someone who did this uh, with a lot of success in the late 90s for the Yankees. Uh, Moving on, let's go to Mike Talkman. And he's really making an argument, Jeff, to be an everyday player here. And and uh, Aaron Boone, in my estimation, can make him an everyday player by he could play every outfield position. So he can give everybody a day off left field, center field, right field. Uh, you want to give Aaron Judge a half day and make him a DH, put Talkman in right. You want to give Hicks a half day or a day off, put him in center. Uh, you can make him the everyday left fielder. But right now, his at bats and what he's doing, uh, the big steal uh, late in the game against Boston, and he was driven in by DJ LeMahieu's single to tie the game at seven and Aaron Judge uh, hit the two-run homer to give the Yankees the win, of course. But even Judge said post-game, uh, the heroes of that inning were Mike Talkman and DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, I, I think he deserves to play every day. I mean, you look at his stats last year. He got, they got him from Colorado. Uh, 277, 13 home runs. He has six stolen bases and only 260 at-bats. And here's a guy that I would like to see what he would do with 500-plus at-bats. Uh, is he a 25, 30 home run guy? I, I don't know. Maybe at Yankee Stadium he is. Uh, he might steal you 20 bags, 25 bags as well. But he plays an outstanding outfield I, I think he deserves to play every day you know whether it's right field center field left field your everyday left fielder I think he's deserved that I, I think he's come back you look at the surprise I guess you can say when he came up and and filled in and did a great job last year but he's backing that up already uh so I I think he deserves to be in there and you're talking about 
an extra lefty uh, with a right-handed dominant team that can be out there every day and not hurt you. Dan Martin of the New York Post, he had this in his uh, one of his columns today. The Yankees have a home run in each of their first 11 games and no other Yankee team in history has done that. I thought that was a pretty cool little stat there. And um, they're doing this, Nelly, without Gary Sanchez. Uh, he's two for 27 to start the season. He was hit by a pitch uh, in that doubleheader against the Phillies yesterday, too. So nothing going right for Sanchez at the plate. But Garrett Cole is singing his praises behind the plate. So my question to you is, if this Yankee offense is this scary and doing so much damage without him, what is it going to be like when Gary Sanchez is Gary Sanchez at the plate? Right, and I think that's what you have to do. You know this guy's a good power threat. You know he'll wind up hitting. Uh, the Yankees are 9-2, and two, and the rest of the lineup are hitting, so you can kind of hide him in there and just say, hey, you know what, work it work it out. But be solid behind the plate. Work on blocking the balls. Garrett Cole loves to throw to you. You're calling a great game. Concentrate on that, and your hitting will come. You know, sometimes you'll have catchers that, you know, really struggle at the plate, and guess where they take it? They take it behind the plate, and they struggle calling the game because they're so worried about, oh, I'm not swinging the bat well. But he has hasn't done that so far and hopefully that won't happen but he'll wind up hitting you just have to keep him in the lineup and he's a starter for a reason he'll turn things around and luckily you have everybody else that's mashing so you're not missing anything and he's not under a microscope as you said the the Yankees are nine and two if the Yankees were two and nine and Sanchez was struggling oh my goodness the difference right. this would be but yeah you're absolutely right he could stay in the lineup work through it let everybody else in the lineup pick him up and as I you know I'm trying to keep going here here and keep talking because I'm bracing myself for today's Nelly's Nugget because <laughs> usually, usually, ladies and gentlemen, this turns into Nelly's Poop Nugget. So I'm just kind of bracing oh. myself and I'm trying to I'm trying to keep myself steady here and maybe keep this going so we don't have to hear another poop story. But as I say that, oh let me just my. let me let me lay out and I don't me, know what it is and for, let me see what yeah. Nelly has for us today. I don't know what it is with with. with I don't know if other sports, it'd be interesting to see if uh, other sports do the same thing with, with, with poop because baseball, for some reason, that's the ultimate get back is to take a crap into somebody's glove or something like that. I mean, and because everybody's so, so superstitious, uh, you, you call, we call it routines just so, oh, I'm not superstitious. It's just a routine. You wind up doing things the same way. And, and you know, whether it's pooping in a cup and, and putting it on a roof right before a, a playoff series and say, oh, we won that one. They're like, Nelly, you got to do it again. Uh, or you know, oh, wait, for instance, just, just to pause, just to pause for a second. Who did I was that? Hoping, I was kind of hoping not to say it was me, who, but who did that? <laughs> I didn't want to say it was me, but uh, say somebody did <laughs> before every series, and you wind up winning. We won four oh. World Series all because of that. You know that 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 was the reason it wasn't the oh, players. Is that, some, is that somebody's dip cup? Oh no, that's Nelly's poop. Yeah, there, there's a there's a meatball on top of a bullpen <laughs> a bullpen roof. And what is that? But there was you know there was one time like uh, you know David Cohn and, and Mike Stanton they're they're kind of sick guys too and they were messing with each other in spring training and they they go back and forth and you know you know sometimes Coney would do the ultimate and get him back and I don't know what Stanton did to Cohn and Cohn says okay I had enough. He went in and he took uh, he took Stanton's game glove and and Stanton's left handed and and he went and he and he uh, dropped the cow patty in it and set it right right before anybody got there to begin their workouts and to get dressed and set it right in his chair so everybody could see it. He propped it up. So oh, just just this thing ever. Just so we're on the same page here. So Cone had a Jeff Nelson Orioles bullpen bathroom. He did. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
in, okay. in Stanton's glove and in, the glove. It in okay. there. Just, just and obviously it. everybody was grossed out. And, and uh, you know, Stanton Stanton picked up the glove, picked it up by the web, and it's his gamer. I mean, because you have to break in a whole new glove, and it's not easy to break in a glove. And you sometimes you say, oh, you're going to throw that away because that's gross. He went into the shower and he and he showered. He squirted it all off and made sure everything was out. Didn't he? Didn't do it in the uh, in the pocket where you stuck your hand in. He just did it on in the glove, like where a baseball would be. And you know that that ended that. But you know it, it's uh, some of the some of the things that happened. I mean, I was in Seattle. And we used to get. Uh, we used oh, to there's get another one. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> another. You know, and this wasn't me either. This was uh, Norm Charlton that, that, that used to play for the Reds well, and a left-handed God pitcher. That yes. And he, um, we used to get this get this meal at the end of spring training on our getaway day to go to whatever city, whether we were playing some exhibition in in Vegas or you know maybe we went to San Francisco one time and played them right before we went to Seattle. And we got this we got this meal from Don and Charlie's, this really famous ribs place. They got great food, and you know everybody in spring training goes there and it's probably their busiest time i mean it's probably a two-hour wait if you're not a ball player if you're a ball player you just go in and they'll sit, seat you right away so if you're a regular person during that time you're waiting two hours but he uh, they put this box food full of ribs they'd have pulled pork and unicorn on the cob you name it beans and everything so ryan franklin who was a pitcher with the mariners and he was a bullpen guy starter swing guy he was messing with norm and norm said all right i'm gonna get him back and we were all in the coach's office drinking beer right after uh, right after the spring training game and everybody we're just waiting for everyone to get going took his box and took it into the bathroom he says i'm gonna teach him a lesson kept his food in there and took a crap on top of his food folded the box back up and set it right on his chair and uh of course frankie was frankie was uh hungry and went and uh, opened up that box and there you see a big yule log sitting right on top of his freaking ribs and you know that, that stuff ends once you once you start messing with poop you never start messing with that guy again because you never know where it's going to be so uh Norm was one of those guys you never wanted to mess with because it, that's that's his first go-to was uh, was a crap into something of, of the other person. So he was a guy forget it. Just to and, back, um, just to back. Cone was the same way. He was a guy that yeah. Just to backtrack for a second, Nelly, there isn't enough Purell in the world for me to keep that glove if someone took a, a poo in it. And as far we don't as don't even the, have hand, hand sanitizer, I know. Back then. I mean, I know. There's no I'm, hand sanitizer. I'm, I'm, you just wash it off and go get them. I'm, I'm talking about today's world. And also, there could have I been would, corn or peanuts. It could have been uh, anything dripping I down don't, there. Just, uh, I don't want. I, <laughs> I don't even want to think about eating another rib for the rest of my life after that story. Oh, you open it up. I mean, it happens in shoe boxes. I mean, that's the fun of the game. I mean, you just don't, uh, you got to mix it up. You're around each other almost nine months of the year. You're closer than your family. You got to do something. What your diet was, were you guys eating a lot of tacos and Chipotle and burritos? Cause there's poop flying out at all angles in every uh, clubhouse you're in. Oh, the crap that, I mean, they didn't, we didn't have the chefs back then. I mean, they, the crap that we ate after the game, it Taco was coming Bell. out the next day. Taco Bell and schlitz <laughs> oh yeah i mean we'd have taco tuesday i mean some of it was good but you, i mean you you paid for it like texas they always had good taco tuesday they always had good know. mexican food and and chicago the same way but you know what it was coming out the next day so you know and there's and everybody reason. had the routines you knew you knew exactly when you had to go okay fourth fifth inning or, or fourth inning I, I gotta go and and get ready for the sixth or seventh you're yeah. nice and loose you wind up throwing harder and there's a reason i said schlitz <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> you go to Canada, I mean, now every beer is 5.0, but the only places that you could get 5.0 or 5.5 alcohol was up in Canada. And, and, you know, Canada was, you know, famous for, you know, the next day. A little Labatt's blue turns into Labatt's brown. All right, let's stop. Oh, yeah. Let's stop with the poop jokes right now. Uh, the Yankees, one of the best records in baseball right now. And uh, it's easy to talk about this team. And it's easy to talk about the quote unquote, the Chris Farley air quote problems this team is having right now. That's a wrap for the Whitey Ford edition or episode 16 of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, as always, for producing the show. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars on Apple and write a nice review if you please. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We will be back on Monday recapping the Yankees series against the Rays. Talk to you then, everyone. Stay safe.